0: Okay, so I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 24 to the end of this chapter. Therefore, Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Baltasar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the kin the mystery that the kin has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have, more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the kin, and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw a kin, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As he looked, a stone was cut out of no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces. And became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the kin the interpretation. You, O kin, the kin of kins, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might and the glory and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell the children of man the hearts the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens making you rule over them all you are the head of gold another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth and there shall be a fourth kingdom strong as iron Because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things, and like iron that crushes, it shall break, and crushes all these. As you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay." And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mix with the soft clay, say so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kins, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. And its interpretation, sure. Verse forty-six. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel, to Daniel, and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery then the king gave daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of babylon daniel made a request of the king and he appointed shadrach meshach and abednego over the affairs of the province of babylon but daniel remained in the king's court let's pray father we Thank you for your word. Thank you that you've given us your spirit. When we believe the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and helps us, illuminates the scriptures and teaches us your truth. So we can understand what the scriptures say to our minds and our hearts. So help me now, Father, to be clear and understood. Help us to listen here this morning. Help us to allow your word to build us up in Christ Jesus, to grow us, to sanctify us. But also to convict us of our sin so that we come to true repentance. Father, thank you now for this opportunity to look at your word. Please help me. Help me to be clear and understood. Help me to be found faithful to what your word has to say. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon us all. Pray not this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue with God rules the impossible. we're going to come in from a different angle a different slant with a different context because over the last two Sundays we've looked at the first half of chapter 2 which was verses 1 to 23 and we saw King Nebuchadnezzar having a bad dream wanting all the wise men to interpret it and to tell him of the dream and if they didn't well he was going to destroy them he was going to tear them limb from limb and ruin their houses But Daniel believed that his God, who rules the impossible, will help him. And God, in his mercy, provided the dream and the interpretation. He helped Daniel. Because remember, Daniel went to his friends and told him, Pray for mercy. Pray that God will reveal the dream and the interpretation to me, so we can make it known to the king and save our lives. Which we saw that happen. God rules the impossible. Blessed be the name of God. We must must embrace that. That God rules the impossible. No matter what you're going through, God rules the impossible. I read in Daniel chapter 2, He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness. He knows what's going on in our hearts when we're going through dark times. He knows our darkness. He knows what's in this dark fallen world as well. And the light dwells with him. God is present with us. No matter what you're going through, God is present with you. But we must be like Daniel, who trusts his God. Not be like Daniel and be a a Daniel. But look at how Daniel trusted his God through the impossible. How he went to God. How he seeked help. How he took refuge in God. Proverbs says... The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The safest place to be when you're going through the impossible is to be in God's word and in prayer, in the presence of God. And God is also present with you. The Holy Spirit indwells you and He wants to help you. But are you willing to allow Him to strengthen your inner man, to encourage your inner man, to help you when you are going through the impossible? And we can also face the impossible like Daniel because we have the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, who's alive. We are in a better position than what Daniel was. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And we can go to Jesus and and Jesus has made himself known in the Scriptures and in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge to help us live in this fallen world. That's why, we, that's why God saves us, so we can depend on Him. We, we need to know that. We depend on Him and we lean on each other to help each other as we go through the impossible. We run to God and He is our helper. He gives us wisdom and might and knowledge and understanding to endure the impossible. Think of Joseph, when Joseph was, was thrown in prison and then he was released. Because one of the, I think it was the cup bearer, said he knows of someone that can interpret the, the dream. And who did Joseph lean on? Who did Joseph go and seek help from? Well, Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. God knows everything. And we need to know that. And Joseph also said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. Not Joseph. God, who's working through Joseph. Joseph is just an instrument in the Redeemer's hands, in God's hands. Joseph and Daniel, they both step out in faith, which is what we need to do. If we have true faith, we must stop just talking about it. Faith is expressed in action. We need to act on God's word and His promises. We need to take this word and let it saturate our minds, so that we can act on what God has to say. There's a lot of talk out there, we believe God, we this God, this God, but when it comes to trusting with the impossible, we don't. We do it half-heartedly. Like, maybe God can't, maybe God, no, no, it's too, it's too big for Him. I don't want to bother Him with my problem. That's how we talk. And, and we must be careful. When, when someone comes to help you, ah, I see you're not well, can I cook a meal for me? No, no, don't worry, I don't want to be a burden. Maybe that's how you treat God as well, how you treat that person. That is a visible indication that there's something in your heart that needs to let go of pride. And so we want to look at from a different angle, a different slant, but continue with God rules the impossible. And I want to look at two things From Daniel chapter 2, verses 24 to 49, which unfortunately is going to take us till the end of the year. So, sorry, be patient, I'm joking. Hopefully, over the next two Sundays, we'll get through this lovely passage. There's no rush, it's God's Word. And we need to indwell in God's Word and saturate our minds and our whole being. But I want to look at two things to show us what a person looks like that trusts in God who rules the impossible. It's easy to talk about God rules the impossible, and we saw that over the last two. But what does a person look like? What does a Christian look like that trusts God who rules the impossible? And we want to start with looking at the first thing, which we'll see in verses 24 to 30 of Daniel chapter 2. And the first thing to show us what a person looks like that trusts in God who rules the impossible is they walk in humility. This is what we see in the, in, from verse 24 to verse 30. We see Daniel walking in humility. And then Lord willing, the next Sunday, we will see the second thing in, is that they speak the truth. So what does a person look like? That trusts God who rules the impossible? Or the first thing we look at, they walk in humility. We see that how Daniel... In chapter 2, verses 24 to 30, we see Daniel approaching the king to tell him his dream that he received from God. But we see Daniel doing it in a humble manner, in, in humility. We, we, we can mix it up and we can see, therefore, Daniel went into Arioch. That's verse 24. Dan, therefore, Daniel went into Arioch. Whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon, and then you read, um, basically in verse, he said, yeah, in verse twenty-four, rest of it. Then Arioch went to the king, and he said to the king, "I have found someone." Verse 25, sorry. I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king. Did Ariok find Daniel? No. We read back. Daniel went to Ariok and said to Ariok, he went to Ariok with prudence and discretion, the captain of the God's kin who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. And he declared to Ariok, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. Daniel went in and requested the kin to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation. It's Daniel. Yes, Arioch that wants to kill all the wise men. But it's Daniel that goes to Arioch. But Arioch, with his proud attitude, goes to the kin and says, Ken, you know what? I have found someone. It's like he's looking for recognition. He's looking for a reward. Why am I bringing this all up? Because we do not see a boasting man in Daniel. A man that is interested in self-promotion, self-promoting himself. That's the world. The world has self-promoting ways. It wants to promote itself. Look at me, look how good I am, look what I'm doing. We get that in the church, pastors and, and people in the ministries. There are very few humble people in the church today. We must examine our hearts. I need to examine my heart. Who do we give the glory to? When we achieve something, when we have success with something, when, 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 when something goes well in the church and the, and the pastor is recognized for something great he did in God's eyes, who gets the recognition? Or who should get the recognition. Yeah, we see Daniel walking in humility, a humble man of God who takes full advantage of his situation to exalt and declare publicly the praises of his God. He has an opportunity to put God on the throne in front of this king who worships pagan gods, who worships a false god, who is full of idolatry. But Daniel reminds me of what Paul wrote in Romans 12:3. It's It's something we should, we should look at. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think... With sober judgment. What is sober judgment? Well, sober judgment basically is a sound mind that is fixed on giving God all the glory. It's a sound. It's a healthy mind. It's a mind that is saturated with Scripture and known that is anything good that comes my way, I give it all the glory to God. Daniel comes to the king clothed in humility, but like I said, with an attitude of sober judgment comes with a sound mind he's not only looking out for his own interest but also for the interest interest, interest of others and who are the others well his friends who are also going to be be, be, be killed always looking out for the interest of the the unbelieving enchanters the magicians the the Chaldeans he's focused on them as well he's he's utterly focused he has a humble mind he has a humble attitude But our human nature, like I've said, our human nature is to be proud, is to be self-promoting. Like the world. We're always looking after our own interests, just like Arioch. just like I told you. He goes to the king and he says, "King, guess what? I have found someone that can make known to you the dream. And he didn't find Daniel. God brought Daniel Because he has a purpose and good to come through Daniel. Like someone said this beautiful quote what people do in this world, pass as much of the blame for your failures onto other people and claim as much credit as you can for the people's successes. That's how we live. We pass as much of the blame for your failures onto other people and then we want to claim as much credit as we can for the people's successes. And like I said, sadly, the church is full of pastors, members, people that proudly seek personal credit. Daniel could have gone there. He said, Yes, King, my God, he knows me, he's shown favor towards me, I worship him every day. I love him and I'm gonna make this, king, this this dream known to you and the interpretation I'm this great man of God I pray every day I read my Bible every day I'm this great man of God and here I stand and I want to help you king. you don't see that at all in Daniel's behavior he's shown humility he says but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Which we'll look at more when we get to the interpretation. Lord willing, next week, first look at the dream and then what the interpretation of that dream is. But if we are in Scripture, if we are reading Scripture, we will have a mind of Christ as well. Philippians is a beautiful or in the book of Philippians is a beautiful passage Which talks about Jesus this humble man Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus Who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross he emptied himself jesus could have come and he could have he could have lorded it over he could have he could have cast he could have brought down angels to fight his fights he could have brought down angels to take away the pharisees that came and that, that slandered him and mocked him but no he emptied himself he humbled himself and he suffered innocently. A man without any sin. He humbled himself. And if we're reading in the scriptures, we come across 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26-29. to 29. And this is for all of us. For consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in this world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Then we boast. And yet it says... God has taken us, ordinary men and women, and has kind of made us beautiful ordinary men and women in His eyes. He's given us wisdom. He's given us, he's given us joy. He's given us kindness. He's given us love. He, he's, he's poured out His righteousness onto us so that we can walk rightly with Him. And reflect His glory into this world, not our own, through self-promotion, through self-boasting, etc. Oh, you've got lovely children. Yes, I'm this great parent. Oh, thank you. I know. I, I love it. Or oh, your marriage. Yes, yes. We, we never say, but, but you know what? I need to tell you. It's, just, it's God in my life that has given me the wisdom to be a parent. I'm a rich parent, but God has made me a great parent. We need, to, we need to look to God and, and give thanks to God. We can take no credit for anything, even our salvation, because if you read the rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31, so that, it, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And Daniel, this humble man, Takes no credit. He just tells the king that there's no wise man, no enchanter, no magician, no astrologer can show you king this mystery that you're asking, even show you your dream. But there is a God, and He is in heaven, and He does reveal mysteries. God doesn't always have to reveal mysteries to us all the time, but He has revealed the greatest mystery to us, and that is Christ. It's, it was a mystery. And he has made known that mystery to us over time and he came at the appointed time but we look at jesus as well in in john chapter 19 how jesus also had to lean on his on his father and give his father credit and and not himself in verse 9 of john chapter 19 It starts off by saying, he entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, and this is Pilate, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, but you know what? I have the authority to destroy you. Does Jesus say that? No. In his humility, Jesus says, you would have no authority over me at all, unless it had been given you from above. It gives the glory to above. We give glory to God who is in the heavens. Jesus has shown us what it looks like to walk as a humble man. Not a perfect man, a humble man. And yes, he was a perfect man, but don't look at that, Or oh, Jesus is perfect and weak. Jesus has shown us how to be humble. You look at Daniel he has a humble he's actually probably 18 19 years old standing before the king how many 18 19 year olds actually boast do you see much humility in 18 19 year olds having a great game of soccer and saying you know what I thank my God they gave me the ability to play like I played today do we or do we take credit for ourselves there's something wrong with talent and 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 patting your back on the ta- and patting yourself on the back and, but how far do you go? How far do we go? It's only God's doing. It's only God's doing that I'm standing here this morning and preaching to you. I can't take any credit. If you ask me, when I was in high school, would I be a preacher, a pastor? I would have said no. No. Because i wasn't interested in public speaking i ran away from public speaking and i still do come here with some form of anxiousness but no god takes the ordinary the runt of the litter and he puts him and he brings glory and honor through him he takes the weak things to shame the strong things that's how god works the only way god can see he's way people can see god's glory in our lives is when we are weak and we are leaning on God, not when we're strong and we boast. Because the world's like that. Are we any different? We need to look to God. We need to be like Daniel. We need to humble ourselves and look to God. Because God is in heaven and He's there to help us. Who created the mountains? The Lord, our helper, who's in heaven. But are we showing the world? Are we given credit to the world like Daniel did? Daniel is standing before this king. And the king could say, sorry, Daniel, who's your God? Not interested in him. Off with the head. He goes there with boldness. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar (laughs) what will be in the latter days. Daniel is not ashamed of his God. Jesus has warned us. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him Will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels Are you exalting God in your life as you bump? into people or are you boasting and exalting yourself? Because you are Jesus has warned us if you're ashamed of me Then I'm also going to be ashamed when I come in my glory of you. You you can't have both. You can't be a Christian in the church and speak all these lovely words, and then you go out there and you shy away and you speak your own words and you push God into the corner. You can't, you have to, you have to make God known in your lifestyle and in your words. I'm not saying you're walking around with a Bible every second, you Beating someone over the head. No. When the opportunity comes to give credit to God, give credit to God. Another scripture reminds us, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And we do see this in Daniel's life. He's exalted. They've been put up and been rewarded for what they did we want to exalt ourselves all the time when pride comes then comes disgrace but with the humble is wisdom wisdom we have to learn to trust god we have to learn to walk in his ways and do as he calls us a christian who trusts god who rules the impossible will walk in humility leaning on god and his wisdom all the time not perfectly But that is how it will be. Are we such a person? Are we walking in humility? Trusting God who rules the impossible? Because when when suffering comes and trials come, they do irritate us and the worst comes out of us. And, 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 And pride can also come out of us. But do we humble ourselves and go to God? Who rules the impossible. I challenge us with this first thing that we've just learned. To see what a person who looks like, who trusts in God, who rules the impossible. I challenge us to go out there and walk in humility. Promote God. Put God on the pedestal. Do what Colossians 3.12 says. A beautiful scripture to remind us And Paul's reminding himself, because Paul was also quite a proud man. He was a Pharisee before God saved him. There's a lot he could boast about, but he counted all of that as done. But in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, patience, and humility. We are without excuse. Bearing with one another. And if one, (coughs) excuse me, if one has complained against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Let's put off the old clothes. Let's, Let's put off, let's put to death the earthly things. Anger, malice, wrath, slander, obscene talk, From our mouths. Stop lying to one another. Put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self which has been renewed in knowledge after the image of His Creator. When we come now to the Lord's Supper, we come to the table of grace. Look to the cross and see what Christ has accomplished for you, what He's achieved for you, and put on these righteous robes that are made up of humility, kindness, patience, And a heart of compassion. Let's look to the cross. Let's look to Jesus. And as the impossible comes, let us trust the God who rules the impossible and let us walk in humility with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage from Daniel. Thank you that we can learn so much from your word. That we can see you in your word. We can see how you are using Daniel as this humble servant for your purpose and your glory. But help us, Father. Help us to stop taking credit for our own achievements. Stop patting ourselves on the back. But help us to to humble ourselves and to turn to you and give you all the glory and credit. Help us, Father. Forgive us when we do this. It's easy to be... Seen, doing well and taking credit for that. It boosts our esteem. But Father, you have called us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow you. And that means we humble ourselves and walk in your ways to exalt you. So help us, Father. Thank you that we can give you thanks and praise. Thank you that you've given us wisdom and might. Thank you that you make things known to us, that you give us wisdom when we go through the impossible. But help us to walk humbly with you as we endure the impossible. Help us to trust you. Help us to look like Daniel, who trusted you, this humble man, who gave and exalted you, Father, above all other gods. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.